Kings of Scotland. I am William Wallace. William Wallace is seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. He kills men by the hundred. And if he were here, he'd consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his arse. <laughs> I am William Wallace. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives but they'll never take our freedom! Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome to Rotten Potatoes Podcast, where four friends that review movies that you absolutely should have seen already. My name is Scott, and I'm here with three of my best friends. What's up, guys? Hi, I'm Jake. I'm Tyler. Hey, I'm Zach. And um, I gotta say, that intro was longer than normal. Well, to be fair, uh, this movie was longer than normal. That's true. It's about three hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you guys all had a chance to uh, watch it with us. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, definitely stop what you're doing. Go watch it right now. Uh, and if you have seen it but haven't seen it in a while, go watch it right now. Yeah, Braveheart's a great one. I'm going to assume that a lot of people that are listening to this are in the car. So and you should probably safely, turn, turn stop. Around. <laughs> safely stop. Turn around, go home. Just pull off, Braveheart on. pull off to the side of the road. What you do is you pause the podcast, pull up your phone, and watch it over the course of like 50 parts on YouTube. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a, always a great way to consume movies. As long as you have a car mount, I guess that's probably legal. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, in this, I think in this scenario, we're pulling over to the side of the road. Oh, you're just going to sit in your no, car for three no, hours. No, you keep driving. Yeah. Oh, yeah, then I don't know that that's legal. Yeah, for everyone who has a three-hour <laughs> commute to work. It's close for <laughs> me. It's most of us, right? Yeah. Yeah, Jake. <laughs> yeah so you, uh, you, how long is your commute? Uh, it's 55 miles. So, I don't know, depending on traffic, about uh, an hour. Oh, okay. I could kill it. An hour without traffic um, or two hours with traffic. No. Probably like is there a lot of with, with traffic? traffic like an hour ten. Is there a lot of traffic going into San Diego at that time? No, I mean like okay, I can leave late. Oh, okay, I feel like you just doxed Jake. No, I drive towards San Diego. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now people a, know so oh, much about it's him. It's a lot of information. Yeah, they they know he lives in California. That's Not true. necessarily. Now you doxed That's him true. again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live somewhere 55 yeah. miles from San Diego, could but be not in California. California. It could be Mexico. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I cross the border every day. I was trying to cover up, but <laughs> you guys I, blew that. I appreciate it. <laughs> 
well, uh, this episode we are uh, we are reviewing Braveheart, uh, which Scott nominated. Yep. Uh, so we're going to get his uh, feedback in just a minute. But uh, just the facts uh, about Braveheart. Uh, Braveheart was directed by Mel Gibson. Uh, in uh, it was released in spring of uh, 1995. And it was an instant hit. It did super well in the box office. Uh, it was written by Randall Wallace. No relation. I have no clue who that is. Me that neither. The, but when I, that came up in the credits, that was the first thing I said. I watched it with my girlfriend and I was like, you think he's related to William Wallace? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wondered. Yeah, no relation. Uh, but he did get inspired uh, by uh, going to uh, just on a trip, on a vacation. And he went to Edinburgh and there are these statues of Robert the Bruce and uh, William Wallace in Edinburgh. And he asked some people like what the story was about that just because he had the same last name. He thought it was interesting. And uh, yeah, so uh, he got inspired, wrote the story, uh, and then after the fact went and did as much fact checking as he could. And like, I don't think he did that much. Changed some things to be closer to the truth. Yeah, well, uh, this movie, if I'm... Correct me if I'm wrong. Never says based on true events nope. or anything like that. No. Okay. This is a. This is just a story. It's a narrative. It's inspiring, but it that uses names of real people. Yeah, uses names of real people. Um, my uh, computer just decided to uh, shut down on me. Uh, but uh, yeah. So anyway, Randall Wallace. Oh, it came back. Uh, released in spring of 1995, like I said, uh, it actually uh, was nominated for and won uh, the Academy Award for Best Picture that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also won four other Oscars. Uh, so it won uh, for directing, it won for, uh, I think, soundtrack, uh, effects, a few other things, uh, costume, I think. But um, won the Academy Award for Best Picture, which, by the way, this was released, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, um, but this was released the same year as Apollo 13 and Apollo 13 is like nearly flawless. What year again was it? Uh, 95. 95. Yeah. The movie came out in 95. So it was the 96 Academy Awards in, in our looking at this movie. Didn't you find that, um, this actually shared some soundtrack with Apollo 13? Yeah. So both, uh, both, uh, uh, Apollo 13 and Braveheart were, uh, they were scored by the same James uh, Horner. Uh-huh. Yeah, James uh, Horner. And uh, he scored both Apollo 13 and Braveheart. They came out in the same year. And there are segments of the score that overlap. Funny. Between the two movies, which is hilarious. Like, I think he was just being lazy. He's like, well, I already made this and this was great. So <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to notice. No one will notice this. I just, just changed the name and the date. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked it up too, and I was looking at what else was nominated for Best Picture that year. Um, Apollo 13 was another Best Picture nominee, nominated. which Braveheart beat, uh, along with Babe. <laughs> I would have never guessed. Babe was nominated, that babe was for, Best nominated Picture. for Best Picture. Yeah. I mean, it's good, but. but like, that'll it, uh, do big. That'll the do. other two movies I've never heard of, I don't think it was a super strong year. So, uh, what were the other two? Uh, Postino, the Postman, never heard of it. Yeah, and sounds like we should throw it on the list. I've heard of this other one, Sense and Sensibility. Oh yeah, Sense and Sensibility is a good movie. I've never seen it. I've heard of that's a book, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it was a movie as well if it got nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I was just gonna say I've heard (laughs) of the book. Got it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Scott, you nominated Braveheart. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit uh, why and 
you know, what you yeah, think about this movie. Um, it's a movie that I found um, later in my childhood, I guess you could say, or adolescence. Um, I first saw it, I think it was my senior year of high school, mm. and it was with you. I was going to uh, say, where did you see that? Yeah, uh, you invited me and uh, one or two other of our uh, friend group. I think uh, Trevor and Matt were both uh, invited over with myself. And I don't remember what we were doing or what it was about, but that was my first experience with the Braveheart. And I was like, wow, that was a really good movie. And uh, it's been one of my favorites ever since. I uh, There are like three movies that I would classify as like adolescent boy must-sees. Mm. And it's Braveheart... Uh, uh, Tombstone and Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Those three movies. Like, haven't seen Tombstone. Oh, I haven't really? Seen Tombstone either, but I put it on the list. I'm oh, a, Tombstone for sure needs to make one. It, it's a it's great. It's been movie. on my personal list for a long time. That, that's another one that this movie as well. But that's another movie that I can just I can quote every line in the movie. Mm. Like, we shouldn't watch it together because I'll ruin it for you guys just yeah. by quoting every line. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I think one of the reasons why I love. Um, Braveheart so much is I feel like it encaptures so many different uh, emotions and feelings that range from uh, happiness and laughter to despair and defeat to um, fatherhood things and brotherhood things and there's just so many different motifs and uh, things that are romance and romance things that are just captured in this movie it kind of covers just so much of uh, humanity yeah in it and just our longing to to have a battle to fight and to to be free and uh, there's just so many cool things that happen in here. It's, Plus, I'm, I I like Mel Gibson. He's definitely not my favorite actor, but I like him and I think he did a decent job with this. You like him like as a person? No, no. Right. As a, I mean, as an actor, I okay. don't like him as a person. I just wanted to. I don't make know sure him as a person. Yeah, all I know is a few stories I've heard of him, and those don't bode well. You know what's interesting though is that recently I watched the movie Honey Boy which is all about Shia LaBeouf's childhood. And I was watching an interview with Shia LaBeouf because Shia LaBeouf has also kind of had a murky past. And he said that Mel Gibson was someone who reached out to him and kind of helped him navigate how do you restore your image, which is interesting because I don't even know if Mel Gibson has really restored his image much. I don't really know. I think he has. Okay. No, he has. I mean, he's been doing stuff in the last few years that's done well and, you know. I just thought it was interesting that that Shia, or I guess that Mel Gibson had kind of been a mentor to Shia for a while and kind of helped him uh, navigate uh, that stage of his life where he was really getting into some trouble. And I just thought that was kind of cool. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, I I can, you know, relate a little bit. You, uh, I mean, the three of you know my story and it's tough. Like when you like say stuff that, you know, gets up, it's public and, you know, It can it can last with you for a long time, and I, I would imagine that it was a pretty dark part of Mel Gibson's yeah time. And I imagine that none of these celebrities can stand up to the scrutiny that they're under. I'm not uh, to be clear. I'm not like justifying some of the awful, weird stuff he said and done. Uh, but I mean, yeah. But if we were all only under such a microscope as that, we would uh, yeah. have our own issues we, with the public. Yeah, we would have our own issues with the public for sure. And I do agree with you, Zach. I think it's super cool that I, I think when you've gone through something like this, it's almost your duty to like reach out to other people and to like be a source of like support and yeah, maybe mentorship. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. But uh, Braveheart, fantastic movie. Yeah. 
One of, it's probably in my top five. Yeah. And I feel like it's like the drama's drama. You know? Like like you said, what do you like, mean by that? like well, just covers all like the Like it covers things. all the things. Yeah. yeah like yeah. it's a true drama, but it also has like great you know, manly battle sequences. And Mm -hmm. yeah, this movie is, like I said, you know, it's like a, a must see for an adolescent boy, because I think it, it just give, it gave me at that age, uh, such a good, like story, storied role model of like manhood, you know, and like all of the different facets of manhood, you know, rage, forgiveness, love, uh, you know, justice, Mm-hmm. Um, betrayal betrayal yeah i mean i don't know that that's like a good thing but yeah but it's dealing that we with, go through dealing yeah. with betrayal mm-hmm. yeah uh so yeah anyway uh our late bloomer i think we just had one right zach you had seen this before i've seen it yeah so we just had one late bloomer uh but i'm gonna get zach's take because you hadn't seen it in a long time it had been a, a yeah a really long time probably close to 15 years or so um i are watched this are we gonna start with the late bloomer still though yeah and then go to Zach. i just wasn't gonna cut you off we'll have jake over i'll first, cut you but... off we're gonna oh, have jake oh yeah sorry yeah yeah no i i really liked it a lot i mean i went into it i think i tried to watch it once and i was just in a weird mood and i was like eh, i'm not into this and then i never tried again mm-hmm. maybe when i was I don't know, 16. Yeah. Um, and I wish I would have finished it then, but I, I liked it a lot. It was super long, but at the same time, it was never like, Unbearable. why am I, why am yeah. I watching this? You know, yeah. like I wasn't thinking like, oh, they could have cut this, this and this, which is something I feel like I think about a lot with long movies. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I was into the whole thing. Zach, what about you? You were saying you haven't seen this in like 15 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, I watched this. I had to have been in elementary school, um, so probably just a kid. I think uh, the very first rated R movie I ever watched was Troy, and I was just hooked on like any movie. I think like a lot of young boys are like any movie that depicted warfare or anything, and so my dad and I just kind of like blasted through some movies like The Last Samurai, uh, Gladiator, and this was one of them. Um, where at the time I, all I cared about was just watching the battle scenes. And so a lot of everything else about the movie, uh, was pretty much new to me watching it this time around. And, um, I loved it so much. Yeah. I thought it was great. I, I think this is the best movie we've watched so far for the podcast. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, definitely for me, like I already said, it's in my top five and mm-hmm. so I'll be rating it pretty high later on. Yeah. yeah it was, a. Uh, it was great, yeah. Uh, just to kind of echo what Jake said, um, you know, it's a long movie. There was nothing about it. It didn't feel long. Yeah. I remember watching it thinking, like, it, I can't believe we're already two hours into this, and uh, it feels like everything that I've seen so far feels very necessary. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't feel like there's any... Yeah, exactly. And drawn into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, we had, uh, we had kind of talked, I'm going to jump back a little bit to just the facts. We'd kind of talked a little bit about, uh, Randall Wallace and I never filled you guys back in Randall Wallace, who he is as a writer. Mm. Um, he's executive produced a few other things and he's directed a couple other things. Um, some of the most like the highlights, um, he was the executive producer or one of the executive producers on Pearl Harbor. Oh, interesting. Which was another great like story and like war movie. And long. And marathon. Long. We had a VHS of it when I was a kid, and it was two, two VHS. <laughs> yeah, it was like Titanic, too. Another Michael Bay movie. No. Yeah. No. It is. I promise. You guys challenged me last time, too. I mean, I know Jerry Bruckheimer produced it, I'll, and they go hand in hand. I'll fact check it. But yeah, you can fact check Are it. We, you're saying Pearl Harbor was Michael Bay? 
Yeah. Okay. He directed it. Am I, I have I don't pay attention to that. He did. So I have no oh, clue. Wow. According right. to IMDb. Well, I mean, direct it. They, we trust IMDb. Uh, do not. Now, if it would have been from Rotten Tomatoes, we wouldn't have believed it. That's true. That uh, Those other guys, they don't know what yeah. they're talking about. Uh, but he also, uh, he wrote Secretariat, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I mean, Disney movie and like a sports, so, sorry, pardon me, uh, sports movie. Mm-hmm. I just, I think I had a, a TIA just mm-hmm. now. So yeah, probably. I just had a mini stroke. We'll take you to the hospital afterwards. Uh, after this. Yeah, we just yeah. got a little bit more. Finish recording, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. priorities. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, uh, he's he's got some things under his belt, but he didn't do, like, he doesn't have, like, a huge library of movies that he's done. Mm. And uh, so he wrote this, and, and, man, he wrote the heck out of this movie. I think that's kind of what we're all saying. Yeah. Uh, one, one little, like, kind of funny tidbit before we actually jump into the movie. Uh the first time I saw this wasn't the first time I saw this. So I had this, I'm going to throw my dad under the bus. I had this like, uh, image burned into my head of a guy getting his face crushed by a ball on a chain. (laughs) And I thought, and I thought it was a nightmare that I had had for years until I watched this movie when I was probably (laughs) 15, 16. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I my dad was watching Braveheart on like HBO when I was a kid and I wandered into the room and he just let me watch Braveheart with him at like honestly like 5 or 6 years old. Like I'm sure he was like he won't remember any of this and that image was like burned scarred in him. it scarred me for years. Yeah. There were a lot of pretty gruesome things happening in the fights uh-huh. like that. I oh, know yeah, yeah there exactly. was legs chopped off, faces blown in. I like, can relate exactly to that like when I saw Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. which is just as You're gory. About a few weeks and, ago. Yeah. <laughs> just as traumatic of a movie as this. Yeah. Yeah, it really messed me up. Yeah. Well, mm. uh, that uh, that yeah. happened to me. My parents loved me enough to not let me do that. There was two movies that I distinctly remember my dad watching and letting me watch that, like, looking back, I've never told him about this, uh, so he'll, if he listens to the podcast, he'll, he'll get hear himself get thrown under the bus. Uh, it was this movie, Braveheart and Speed mm-hmm. uh, with Keanu Reeves. Another good one. Yeah. Have you guys all seen Speed? No, I have not. Oh, oh we got to add that man. to the list. Pop quiz, hot shot. Sandra Bullock <laughs> too, right? Sandra yep. Bullock, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Oh, now I'm this interested. His partner. Wait, have you not seen it? I haven't seen it. Neither oh, of them had ne- seen it. It's I, on the list for sure. I jumped on Jake. But sounds like a boomer movie to me, Zach. It's a pretty <laughs> boomer movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was 90s for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's kind of jump into the movie. Uh, I'm going to help Scott out a little bit cause his throat's still pretty messed up. Yeah. Well, we can kind of go back and forth or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you just take it off and then, uh, or, yeah, take it off. That's right. Uh, why don't you, uh, start us off and we can all just kind of jump in as we go. Yeah. So, so the movie kind of starts with William Wallace as a, as a kid and, um, his dad has been invited to a meeting of, um, the Klansman. The Klansman. It's William Wallace in desperate need of a haircut. So many people have yeah. such matted hair. I'm like, why don't you just chop it off? Oh, well, that's living in living the 1400s. 1400s. Oh, 14. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, 1400s. They had swords, you know, just a little snip. You didn't think it looked it. cool? No, not mm. even a little bit. Oh, I loved it. What was better, um, young William Wallace or um, young Anakin Skywalker? 
with oh, the Jedi braid. Well, there's nothing wrong with the Jedi braid. Oh, okay. But nothing. I mean, honestly, uh, William Wallace's hair was a disaster through the entire movie. Like You didn't like old William Wallace's hair? It was just everywhere all the time. I just felt like that was accurate. I, I think know. you're just projecting your cultural uh, expectations onto theirs. Yeah. And uh, I am. That's <laughs> yeah. a little offensive. Onto I, uh, so, yeah, the movie starts with young William Wallace. And uh, his dad's invited to this meeting and his older brother goes with him. His dad won't let him go. And there's some definite um, like good father moments with his dad and some oh, yeah. also um, just kind of disappointment from not being allowed to be with his dad at, at other times too. Sure. And so, um, but his um, dad ends up dying, mm-hmm. um, gets killed by the English. They were betrayed. They were betrayed by. Um, well, his dad didn't die there. Well, I'm kind of skipping past a little bit, but there was two different things. There was one where they were going to and see one, and then he walked in on all the bodies hanging, and then his dad took him back home, and then there was another meeting where he was betrayed. No, they went to fight. Oh, they went to fight. That's true. It was, oh, they went to right. battle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they went to battle, and that's when he died. The brother doesn't even come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the, I think both their bodies are on a oh, table, okay. but I, I remember the scene they were leaving yep. and because, and then I, I just liked this part a lot when little William was like, he wanted to go with him. He said, I can fight. And then his dad's like, I know you can fight, but I need you to stay here. It was like, kind of like the, like, I don't know, just like a good mm-hmm. dad moment. Oh yeah. yeah. So I validating. Really liked, I liked mm-hmm. that part. Yeah. Yeah. And so his, his dad and his brother both die. And, um, uncle Argyle comes uncle in. Uncle Argyle comes in and becomes this new father figure played by Brian Cox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And actually who's also of- in Troy. Yeah, he's in Troy too. He's in yeah. Troy. It, it's kind of funny. Uh, he was uh, initially offered. We don't. I don't know exactly what. I couldn't find out what he was initially offered. But he was initially offered a much bigger role in this movie, and he actually chose Uncle Argyle. Like he thought That's that was a more. I would guess uh, the King. Uh, potentially the That's King who? Edward the Longshanks or yeah. Robert the Bruce. Oh, Edward Longshanks. Uh, Edward. He the plays Longshanks. a good bad king. He does as he. As he did Troy. in Troy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Edward the Longshanks Arme- uh, no, no. was Agamemnon. Ar- Agamemnon, yeah. yeah. Uh, Longshanks was actually, initially, they really wanted uh, Sh- uh, Sean Connery. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Mm. That would have been a good uh, pick, too. He yeah. had to turn it down. He, was, he had already signed up for another uh, role that was uh, filming at the same time. But uh, Uncle Argyle comes in. He has another great moment with William. Like, mm-hmm. we have these two really great young William moments. And uh, he says, uh, you know, he's looking at Uncle sword. Argyle's sword and he says, first, learn to use this. And he taps him on the head and he said, now I'll teach you how to use this. Mm. And it was like, man, like William Wallace had like great father figures. Well, and, just, and there was another time too uh, where he had talked about reading. He's like, I don't know how to read. Mm. And he's like, well, we'll have to remedy that then, won't we? Mm. And yeah. so like he's going to come in and he teaches William so much about all the other parts of being a man. Yeah. You just know that Uncle Argyle is a badass. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's cultured, he's tough, he's street smart, but, like, intelligent as mm-hmm. well. And he's such a, a minor character. Um, and I, when I was reading the cast list, I was like, I'm excited to see Brian Cox. I really like him. And it was really a, a pretty small role. Mm-hmm. He had, like, just that one scene. Yeah. But yeah. his presence he's a, he's is kind sage of character is felt movie, throughout yeah. the oh, movie, yeah. you oh, know? Yeah. And, um yeah, so much of William's later life, you you just know has to do with Argyle. You can see why uh, Brian gravitated towards that role. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's kind of interesting uh, with this movie. That whole sequence when uh, um, Wallace wrote the movie, uh, Randall Wallace wrote the movie, it picks up with adult William Wallace. There is no childhood sequence. And then when they got to production, they kind of decided like on the fly, like, hey, we should do this. Like we should have a little boy William Wallace scene and so that whole thing that we just talked about that we love so much almost didn't exist huh mm. that's funny interesting yeah. it makes so much setup for the character oh for him and for murren mm -hmm. uh his his uh love interest. love interest yeah who gives him a flower at his uh family's his dad and his brother's and funeral. for uh is his name hamish 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 hamish, yeah. hamish. and for him as well yeah and for him yeah. yeah you get to see them attack the english together the fake english they set up yeah throw rocks at him throw rocks yeah. Uh, and then I didn't. He punches uh, him in yeah, the face. Like, Why did he punch him in the just face? Just out of nowhere. Yeah, it's just. I think that's it's just, just kind of like how dogs fight. Like that's what kind of they just did. It had to have like been like a fighting. cultural thing. Oh, I was like, what are you? Yeah, I was like, like are you play, calling all Scottish people dogs? No, like <laughs> yeah. like play like dogs will like play fight yeah. with yeah. each other. It's kind of like what they did. Well, too, and but. it's just little boys. Uh, you know, little boys messing around are just messing around and they're always like playing at being future sol soldiers. Yeah, but he hit him hard. He went yeah, he did. Like, I mean, I fought with my childhood friends and I've never just been socked in the face like that before. Well, you also uh, grew up in America. I said, in, uh, the, I said, the 21st, friends. Century. 21st century. Yeah, yeah. I could punch you in the face right now if you want. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Let's do it. If I get to punch you back in the face. All right. Okay. So, uh, you, Jake, you had mentioned, uh, like factual inaccuracies in this, but I'm going to point out all of the factual accuracies that are kind of cool. Okay. Um, so when Murren gives young William that flower, initially it was a rose and, uh, the, he, Randall Wallace consulted with, uh, some historians, but also, uh, Mel Gibson brought members of the Wallace clan to the set so they were like present the entire production and they were just kind of giving like oh this wouldn't happen or this would happen um the rose at the time was the official signet of england oh and so they were like they a rose would be very inappropriate like that would be like a, a yeah. nod for english people uh like they'd be like what the heck and so they changed the flower like you know they shot it and then changed it uh to what we would fact. probably just call a weed yeah, it was just a yeah a garden weed kind of a thing. Yeah, so then um, basically he's riding off into the distance with Uncle Argyle, and then the next scene he's an adult and he's coming back into town. And, and uh, I was super, I am super unclear on how old he was supposed to be because he was supposed to be in his twenties. Mel Gibson did not. <laughs> oh wow, he was in his twenties. Mel Gibson was not in his twenties when he made the movie. Yeah, actually, Mel Gibson uh, initially didn't want to play the role. Uh, he thought he was too old. He thought he was like 20 years too old. He was like 40. Uh, and uh, he looked at a bunch of other people uh, to play the role. But uh, Paramount Pictures uh, said, Wolf, we will only fund the movie if uh, you star. star in it. That's why it was so interesting to me. Like he was talking about, oh, I want to like have a family and raise kids. And I'm like, it's 1280 and you look 50. <laughs> you have three years. And left. that has to mean that Hamish was also in his 20s. Okay, that's another funny one. <laughs> he looked even older. So Hamish, the character, uh, Brendan Gleeson, yeah. and the character who plays his, or the actor who plays his father, they're only separated in real life by like six years. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> and I just put it together. Him and Uncle Argyle are actually brothers in Troy. 
Oh, that's right. That's who Brendan Gleeson uh-huh. plays. They're brother kings of different yeah. cities. Yeah. Did we, I we were talking about forgot off, about that. Huh? Off podcast, right? Weren't we or were we? No, we talked about it on podcast a okay. little bit. Yeah, we put together that Brendan Gleeson and Brian Cox were both in Troy. Okay. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. Amish looked 50. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, William comes back into town, and he's he's definitely, like, lived a life uh, or lived a youth at this point, and he's ready to settle down. Mm-hmm. I, I was really confused as to how they all just instantly recognized him. Well, they didn't all. Uh, and, in fact, like him and Amish, like he runs into really Amish first and uh, like he doesn't recognize Amish. Yeah. But it all seems like they all know that that's William and like Mirren is instantly eyeing him. No, no, no. no. no, So they have a conversation about it. And he was like, she, she was like, I noticed you staring at me and he was like, Oh yeah. And she was like, yeah, I'd have no clue who you were. Yeah. Like she says that. I must've missed that. I see. And then when, uh, him and Hamish do the competition and everything, and then they finally do like the rock throw. And he mm-hmm. goes and helps him up. He goes, Hamish, yeah, like as a question, like, oh, it is you, yeah. So like they had, like maybe this is him, maybe it's not yeah. type of stuff going on. But then they realize then. Gotcha. I thought both those interactions were very strange because I felt like they were treating him like somebody they had known their whole life. The yeah, whole yeah. And like he even William even brings it up when he has uh what's the what's his love interest name again? Mirren? Mirren. Yeah. Mirren. When he brings her on a horse, he's like, You just got on a horse with somebody you didn't know who it was? Like oh. kind of like You like, thought that did... yourself? No, that's what he said in the oh. movie. He's like, Why did yeah, you Yeah, he said you have a habit of going of riding on a horse with strangers into the night or something? Yeah, in the rain. Yeah. Uh, so he comes back, he has his eyes set on her immediately mm-hmm. though. He's been in love with her since, since he was a little boy moment, yeah. and, and she gave him that flower. And in fact, we see he's kept the flower this whole time and he yeah. gives it back to her. So he takes her off into the, the woods a little bit, woos her with speaking Italian and French and calling her beautiful. And, uh, <clears throat> Jake is like eyeing us like something's wrong. Sorry. I took a really loud gulp of water. Oh, you're oh. I was worried it. it came up. No. Nope. I didn't hear it. I thought you were like. Like uh, reacting to what Scott was saying, yeah, I was like, I looked at you, Tyler. I looked at you, Tyler, to make sure that it didn't pick up. <clears throat> yeah, no. so, I'm glad yeah. that we uh, drew attention to it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying <laughs> to too. not. Me too. So uh, we find out that uh, Uncle Argyle did his thing and really, very much taught him a lot how to use his mind and his brain. Oh yeah. Um, we find out he's been to Italy, he's been to Rome, he's been to all these uh, uh, these places that Murin's never even uh, been close to getting to. And so he kind of woos her in that moment, and then through another date or two, they decide that um, they want to get married. But then big plot point in the movie uh, is they're at a uh, friend's, I guess you could say, his wedding, a friend or just someone in the yeah. in the area. I'm going to cut you off real quick because you, you skipped a maybe a bigger point uh, sure. as we get introduced to Longshanks. Mm. Uh, so Longshanks is the king of England. England is having serious problems with Scotland. Uh, they're having problems with everyone at this point, and that's fairly historically accurate. They're having some problems with France. They're having problems with Ireland. They're having problems with Scotland. Uh, and they're, the, Longshanks is really working on establishing British dominance uh, in the area. And uh, in his <laughs> issue with Scotland, he decides that they were going to uh, introduce or reinstitute prima nocta, mm-hmm. uh, which never happened in England uh, in real life. But 
they're going to reinstitute an old tradition, prima nocta, in order to encourage very like cruel English lords to move to Scotland to uh, like Sleep keep Scotland with, under control yeah. and get rid of Scottish people. Yeah, so the the lords get to sleep with um, the wife in a wedding on their wedding night before the husband gets to. And so um, they find that out by being at this wedding. And so they decide to get married in secret. And so they get married some random night in the woods. They get a priest to come out and it's married just with the three of them. And then <clears throat> some time later... Um, they're at like an English city of some kind and uh, they're like flirty and one of the English knights sees them and uh, he decides he likes her. And so he decides he's going to like kind of attack her and try to get at her. And then uh, William comes in and defends and um, takes out quite a few um, English guys. And I thought it was kind of funny how all the English soldiers were so ugly. They, they were like they were they'd come in and uh disrupt the wedding and take the wives and they were just so gross looking and all the the scottish dudes i mean they weren't like great looking either except for william but better looking much better looking than these english soldiers were yeah just to really drive home the point i was gonna say i had a question i guess it wasn't really related to that but about uh what you're talking about when they were getting at uh, uh -huh. they were going after uh i keep forgetting your name Marin. Yeah, Marin. Marin. um in later in the movie, he says that they went after her to get to him. Why, why were they after him already? I think that was already after. Well, when, when they say they went after her to get to him, they're talking about when they actually slipped. When they throat. killed her. Oh, okay. They were so trying to get, get after him because of what he did in attacking yeah, them. At this that was when point. he had okay. already fought off some of the soldiers and whatnot mm -hmm. and kind of defied them. Because okay. he, he thought Mirren got away. He put her on a horse and slapped the horse's butt and said, get out of here. And it like took off, but they ended up capturing her. <clears throat> and then uh, he takes out quite a few Englishmen and then gets away himself. And so um, that's when they really are going to use her to get back at him. As bait to draw him out. <clears throat> so they actually then tie her up to the pole in the middle of the city and slit her throat and kill her. And so, and then William doesn't find out until later, comes back. And they, uh, we've earlier in the movie, we kind of passed up on William wanted to be peaceful. He didn't really want to fight. And this is kind of what triggers him and, and sets him off. And so uh, <clears throat> he kind of rallies all the other. Well, he comes in. Scotsman. In a Scotsman, really, yeah. really dramatic, like everybody's waiting for him to come in. And he comes in on this horse and he's holding nothing, like arms spread for some reason. Well, I think yeah. it was his version of hands up, don't shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And then he walks up and then he reaches back and he pulls a flail out of thin air. It was behind right. his hair and on his back. It was on his back. I, yeah. just, I don't know. I don't it know. was hidden in his hair. It was weird. That's why they no, didn't That's why his hair was hair. so long. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I thought he was just like Samson. No. <laughs> uh, so he, they end up taking. Uh, they end up taking the fort, killing the magistrate mm -hmm. uh, and the the lord. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have you know some some retribution and and a, a big fight. And uh, we have this first chance of, you know, Scotland to really uh, stand on its own. Well, and we find out that Uncle Ar Argyle also taught him how to use a sword. So now we yeah. know he did teach him how to use his brain and how to use a sword. Yeah, he's he's definitely uh, definitely a badass. Uh, he's the whole the package. Yeah, he yeah, is. He's, he's kind of like the man's man, you know. 
so we uh, then we we really get the clans together, kind of a thing to mm-hmm. you know really start to rally. Uh, and, and it's here we're kind of introduced to Robert the Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we're introduced to Robert the the Bruce, who is also like a uh, a big hero to Scotland, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he has in the movie he has a father who is. A politician, mm-hmm. like he's a true politician. He's weaselly, uh, and he's still sort of a, a little bit of a puppet master to Robert. Um, so Robert is apparently the rightful. He has the the best claim to the throne of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't. Did they say why that was? Uh, I mean, so it's tricky because Scotland. There was no throne of Scotland anymore after England subjugated mm-hmm. them, uh, and so there was like really split. Uh, like all the clans, you know, were just asserting their own various rights from various kings over the years. And uh, there's no real reason why he had the best claim. Uh, but the biggest thing is that the Bruces were the most respected clan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the clans come together. England is not taking kindly to this. Mm. And so uh, Longshanks uh, sends an army out to put him in their place. Well, Longshanks doesn't do it. Longshanks is gone. Oh, that's true. His son does it against his yeah the Prince again. of Wales. Yeah, um, and he, his son is kind of seems to be a screw up. Well, he's all wimpy. Yeah, yeah. he's n- he's everything his father doesn't want him to be, mm-hmm. and he's also everything that uh, he like William is everything that he's not. Yep. Yeah. And at this point, he's married to um, Princess the, Isabella. Yeah, yeah from, from France. The, the prin- Princess of France, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Historically inaccurate, uh, she didn't arrive uh, to England until years after Wallace's death. Wallace's and Longshanks' death. Yeah. Like, it was years after. And she is not into him. <laughs> She's not. In, I mean, he's not into her. Nor yeah. is he he's into, into his friend. Yeah, Philip. His uh, his uh, chief war advisor. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Prince of Wales sends uh, an army uh, to, uh, you know, fight off, uh, or, or I guess to, to put the Scottish in their place. And the Scottish clans at this point have had a, uh, a really bad habit of riding out to battle and then negotiating terms of surrender in which, like, the lor- the Scottish lords get, you know, better titles, better lands, better everything, and uh, really just kind of putting their their men uh, on the line for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. But uh, William has now rallied uh, several of uh, his, you know, own clan, uh, and then the Highlanders as, as well. The Highlanders come down to join him. And also we get introduced in this time to my favorite character, Stephen of Ireland. Oh, yes, it's his island. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> oh, I hated what you guys just did. Um, <laughs> Scott, and I, Scott and I quote the, it's my island, at least once a month. Yeah. Um, it's mine. Yeah. But he's uh, uh, claims to be a famous outlaw and madman from Ireland. Yeah. yeah, he's completely crazy. And yeah, I love him. He's not right. Yeah. He wasn't right. He shows head. up with uh, some other dude too. Yeah, shows up with another guy and they both want to join. Uh, and Stephen is, yeah, very crazy. No one really trusts him. But for some reason, uh, William kind of does. And uh, he ends up saving William's life from the guy that he came with. From the guy mm-hmm. that he came with. The guy they came with was an assassin. He pulled uh, Stephen, 
pulled a uh, straight up sword out of his sleeve. It was like, like a dagger. Like it was, it was like so a big long, dagger. Yeah, it like, looked like a sword. It it was so long. I was like, this guy's like a magician. Yeah, and <laughs> and just throws it through the air, right through the guy's chest. And then yeah, we have that great line. I never trusted him. He wasn't right in the head. They have uh, <laughs> there's a lot of sword throwing in this movie, and it seems like a bad idea to me because now you your sword's sword. gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, generally a bad idea, but you know. Uh, but it looks really cool. It, it looks does. super yeah. cool. Uh, that's probably worth it. Yeah, I mean later Hamish throws his sword at no one. <laughs> he just throws yeah. it up in the oh, air. Yeah, throws William's sword. William's sword really cool. Looks so. Flex. It looks like it's made of aluminum or something. Like it's just like it, whipping around <laughs> everywhere. So those swords, like commonly, we would call them like a claymore. Mm -hmm. Like uh, they are very flexible. Really? Yeah. I would have thought it would have been a lot more sturdy. No, that's no. like the design of the that type of a sword. Mm -hmm. uh, they're to very sturdy. They'd be way too heavy. Very uncommonly used, though. Um, but that sword uh, at the very end of the movie, when Hamish throws uh, William's sword, uh, that wasn't scripted. Oh, really? Yeah, Brendan Gleeson just decided just to do it. that. Yeah, and Mel Gibson loved it. Lo it, yeah. it, up. it seems a little dangerous to just go for. Yeah. Well, well and I thought, too, it, like, what if it didn't stick right into the ground? I mean, it probably didn't the first it time, didn't. right? <laughs> they didn't. No, I mean, like, no, nailed the first take. What I meant is, like, in, in this <laughs> universe, oh. if Hamish, the character, did it, well, and it didn't land. I mean, that would have been super embarrassing. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, you the probably Scots would, might not have won. You probably would have walked out and pick, picked it up awkwardly. They wouldn't have fought like warrior pilots. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, back, we, back we to the movie a little pretty bit. off track there. Uh, so uh, we have our, our first moment where uh, William comes in uh, with his troops, and we heard that famous uh, quote that we listened to to open up the episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like, I mean, it's super, I'd never seen the movie, so I didn't know when it was going to come, but then I was kind of like, it seems like this is about to happen, but we are hardly into this movie at all. Yeah. We're halfway in, and I feel like we're at the biggest scene. Yeah, but when you think about it, like you said, this is a long movie, so this would be <laughs> toward the like climax of like any normal length we, It movie. was an hour and a half in, Yeah, and so I was like, okay. But then I paused the movie because I was kind of like, how much is left? Like, I feel like we should be towards the end because this is the big scene. I was like, There's, what's the rest of this movie going to be about? Yeah. There's so much to go. So uh, Mel Gibson delivers his uh, his famous line and then rides off uh, to uh, pick a fight, in his words. Uh, and he does. He picks a fight with the English Lord, and, and they actually go to battle. And the, the Scottish people are able to overtake the English. Well, let me get to see some of his smarts here. Um, he tells them to leave, so they, they think they're retreating, and then they go around the side and ambush him from the side. Yeah. Well, we also see... <laughs> Some of his smarts even before then because he said they're going to come with horses and there's no way we can stand up to horses. We don't have horses. And, and then, then they were like, well, what spears. if we just make these really long spears? Mm -hmm. And that's where one of the funniest parts of the movie comes in. Long as a man. Some men are longer than others. Your mother's been telling you stories about me, huh? Mm, yeah. I would like to say that both Scott and Tyler looked right at me. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't look at each other right at me. That was Amish's dad, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was my favorite character. Oh, me too. He's, he's a great character. He's a great character. He, he constantly, every battle, he walked away with some like serious <laughs> wounds and but, he just kept fighting. Yeah. He just takes them like a champ. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the this infuriates uh, Longshanks. Longshanks. Uh, but not until uh, the they 
then go like so he's he's infuriated but in the meantime the scott the scottish men then uh after meeting again and the nobles they award uh william wallace the the high honor of high protector of scotland and uh, then he just walks out and they're like where are you going and he's like i'm going to take the fight to longshanks yeah and then like, they go and sack york they sack york the strongest city in the north well that was kind of a really political move on their part though right because they just were like the people are so with him we can't we yeah. have to stand with him. we mm. have to stand with him uh so they felt very uh yeah the the other lords felt very uh captive to wallace's uh decisions even though they didn't agree with them like they just wanted mm -hmm. the safe route and he was like no we're gonna put an end to tyranny he had the power of the love of the people yeah and uh so they sack York. Uh, now Longshanks is super furious, and he sends uh, Princess Isabella uh, as his emissary to Wallace. To try to betray him. To try and betray him. Uh, and there's this moment, I love it so much, uh, her advisor is speaking to her in Latin uh, and uh, in front of William, uh, and he says uh, he's, uh, he's a savage who tells lies. <laughs> And, and he, he responds in, in Latin. Latin he, I never lie. He says, uh, I never tell lies, but I am a savage. And I was like, oh. And then they both kind of look at him like he understands us. He and, then he, and then he goes, and then he speaks in French. He's like, we can do this in French if you want yeah, to. Like, like what, what's up? Let's go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when she's like, I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so uh, she, she was supposed to betray him, uh, but doesn't. Mm -mm, she from this point forward, tips him off to the things along Shanks. Well, she doing. even, they were supposed to give him a bribe. That's what she yeah. was there, there for. But she just gives him the bribe and like for nothing. He, he says he's not going to do it. And she leaves him a chest of gold anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The saves him from the, the, um, the betrayal is later in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit because we're like 45 minutes into this podcast episode and we still have half a movie to talk about. <laughs> uh, it's such a good movie, though. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Uh, so then we have uh, we we have one of the worst moments after mm -hmm. this. Uh, we have the Battle of Falkirk. Yep. And uh, there is this mysterious Black Knight. With... The English. With the English. With the king. The king's actually in this battle. Yeah, Longshanks is, uh, he's at the head of the army. And uh, historically, uh, the English absolutely destroy the Scottish at the battle. And also, um, I mean, all of the different clans have promised to be there for this battle. And so they're fighting, but uh, the Bruce hasn't shown up yet. And so yeah. Wallace keeps looking to the sun. Uh, well, something else happens that I... I liked it the movie when it happened, but I was like, how did this happen? And I guess it, I looked it up later and it really happened, but the Irish charge at them because they'd had Irish conscripts. They charge, charge at the Scottish and then they just hug in the middle and they're like, okay, we're on the same side. Uh -huh. um, yeah. And I, mean, I was like, how did they communicate that at all? Like, how did they organize this even a little through bit? Through Stephen. Well, no, it's, it's not so much that. It's more that uh, the <laughs> Irish and the Scottish have historically had... Uh, like real problems with England. And so it was a little bit the enemy and my enemy is my friend, but actually historically the Irish have also had real problems with Scotland, like with the Scots. Mm. Um, so yeah, everyone has problem with Scots. Apparently that's what, that's the takeaway from this movie. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a problem with Scots. I didn't need this movie to know that I have a problem with Scott. Yeah. 
so at the Battle of Falkirk, uh, we have uh, first all of the lords uh, back out and don't go in with them. The, yeah, the the clan, the clan like war chiefs. I guess they they back out, they run away, and leave uh, Wallace and his men totally exposed on the battlefield. And then Longshanks orders a volley on his own men and on the Scots. Yeah, just to kill everybody in there. Yeah. He was a, a ruthless uh, a ruthless war strategist. But even through all of that, William is able to catch up to them on horse, and he's right behind the king and these um, other guys that are with him. Yeah, and uh, so William, uh, William gives chase and ends up taking out our Black Knight, uh, pulls him down, and he's revealed to be none other than... Bruce Robert the Bruce which uh, definitely what, happened in real life didn't it no uh <laughs> actually no Robert the Bruce never betrays William Wallace uh and actually uh Scottish people who watch this movie that was the main thing that they really had a problem with I could yeah, see it, it why yeah uncharacterized him yeah yeah it was a, a false characterization yeah. but you why know, do you think they added that I think just to deepen the betrayal for Wallace Wallace needed this moment of of true helplessness mm. Uh, but and then he immediately, like, as soon as he gets taken down by Wallace, he immediately decides to change sides back and he's like trying to get Wallace out of there. Well, the and Bruce only did this because his father told him he should and that yeah. he had to. Yeah. He's the, the father's the puppet master and breaks in the movie. It breaks yeah. Robert's heart. Well, then we have one of the great movies with the Bruce where he's having conversation with his dad and he says like, I never want to be on the wrong side ever again. And then mm-hmm. he even says like, you're not my father. Yeah. Like, yeah. He has a really disowns him. I have a, uh, he had a line that I liked then too, where they were talking and he said, you're ready to be King. His dad says, you're ready to be King. You've learned how to hate. Mm. And then Robert is leaving and he says, I don't want to my hate. hatred dies, dies with, with you. you. Oh great. gosh. Such a great line. Well, and he also says like, um, what is it? I want to believe. Yeah. Like, I want to like believe. He does. Yeah. I, I, I want, uh, yeah, I, I want to believe in freedom and in, in liberty for our people and, and, uh, yeah, but William ultimately he gets, you know, out of there. Uh, Robert, the Bruce helps him escape, uh, via Steven. Mm-hmm. Steven gets him out. Uh, he's lucky Steven didn't kill him right there. Oh, the Bruce. Oh yeah. I mean, if it wasn't, if it didn't come down to saving, uh, William, yes, he would have for sure killed the Bruce. He would have killed him right there. Uh, but, uh, I, I have, I'm going to fast forward a little bit unless there's something that you want to talk about in this, but we end up, uh, having William be, uh, uh, captured. Yep. At some point. Yep. Uh, by the English and put on trial Mm -hmm. and it was kind of a kangaroo court of a trial. Yep. And while he's uh, in a trial, we also find out that, uh, Isabella, the, the queen, has actually become pregnant with William's son. Yeah. And that the heir to the throne of England is actually going to be a descendant of William Wallace and not Longshanks. Yeah. That was, um, that trial, you said it, you call it a trial. I mean, they didn't, uh, there was never any, like, it was just like confess and, and we'll, it'll, it'll we'll be kill easy. you quick instead of long. But if you don't confess, we're, we're going to just torture you to death. I mean, like, that's how like inquisitors were back then. That, that That's why I call it a kangaroo court. Like it wasn't like a, it, it wasn't like a, a real trial. It was a, it was a setup job. Mm. Well, and then I also love too. Um, he has a throwback to 
was it his dad or his, his dad. uncle? His dad. He talks about like a man must have his wits about him. Yeah. Um, when he's about to go oh, and get assassinated. I forgot about that part. He's about to go and get assassinated and Isabella brings him like, here, drink this. It'll numb the pain. Not and, assassinated. Or publicly executed. Publicly executed, executed and yeah. tortured. <clears throat> uh, she tries to give him something to numb the pain and he refuses, but she can't bear the, the thought of him having to go through it. Also, he takes it and makes her think that he drinks and then ends up spitting it out. And yeah. he quotes his dad like he thinks back to his dad in that moment. Yeah. It was a really cool scene. Would you guys have confessed? I'd like to think I wouldn't have, but I don't know. You never know what kind of man you are yeah. until you're in that moment. Yeah. I see. Like, I'd like to think I wouldn't have, but also I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have gotten myself into that situation. You you might see yourself more as one of the Scottish lords, one of the noblemen. I mean, maybe. They they looked like they had it pretty comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't care about freedom? I just care about comfort and money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, then you would definitely would have been one of the uh, one of the Scottish. You would have been Robert's dad. Oh, no, that's, well, that's a way too much work. <laughs> and then, um, so William's out on the table. He's getting tortured. He's getting all these things. And the the guy, the priest or whoever he is, yeah. keeps telling, like, confess and I'll show you mercy. And he won't confess. He won't confess. And then finally, at one point, he starts to open his mouth and the priest lets, lets up because he's like, finally, this guy's going to confess and we can end it. And he silences the crowd. And he silences the crowd. And then he has he musters the last bit of energy that he has to open his mouth and all he yells is freedom. And then his uh, brothers in arms, Hamish and uh, Stephen are standing there watching this whole thing in the crowd. Well, the crowd kind of turns on them at that point and they're like, just kill him. Like, yeah, yeah they start chanting. I was confused by that part. Like, do you think that they felt like this has gone on too long or so. were they, well, it was just such a gruesome torch. Gruesome torture. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they were trying to communicate that, like, please, like, just say mercy or get show him mercy, or were they kind of trying to taunt him, like... Oh, no, 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 no. What, no. Uh, very much what I think is. they were saying was, like, show him mercy, just end it. Like, yeah. this let is, this, this be over. This is awful. There were some, like, there there was, like, a toddler in that crowd. Yeah. <laughs> was that normal to bring your kids to that kind of thing? Yeah, probably. Wow, that's crazy. Like, we, uh, we don't show our kids violence like well, that on TV. Well, apparently my dad did. Public executions. Besides, <laughs> besides your dad. Yeah. Public executions were like entertainment. Yeah, I'm the sure. Yeah, but like, like you bring every, it's like make a day of it, you know? <laughs> so then we find out Those that. Are, um, some messed up kids, I'd have to assume. William gets quartered and yeah. his limbs are sent to the four corners of England and his head is sent to the king, right? I don't remember. I think it's kept it. in the tower. Yeah, it's kept Something in like the tower. That. Yeah. <clears throat> And it has the opposite effect uh, yep. the, of so their intent. The, yeah, the rest yeah. of the movie is narrated by Robert the Bruce. Yeah. And it's him going to all of William's men and saying, hey, you bled with William, now bleed with me. Yeah. And then they, they fight. And then I kind of mentioned it earlier. They said they fought like warrior poets. Yeah. And that's kind of where the movie ends. It says they fought like warrior poets and they won their freedom. Yeah. That uh, was, um, I just... I know that this isn't how it happened, that he didn't betray them, but I don't know why anybody would have bled with him after they turned on, after he turned on him like that. Well, like, it's because... He was still their best shot at it. it. Yeah, he was their best shot, but also I, I really think it's because of how much uh, his closest uh, lieutenants, uh, well, Wallace's closest lieutenants, they saw how much William believed in Robert the Bruce. Mm -hmm. Like there's this moment uh, that, you know, 
Unite us. Yeah. Unite the clans. Wallace says to Robert the Bruce, like, if you would just lead, I would follow you. Like, I'm not the guy. You're the guy. I'm only doing this because, like, I have nothing to lose. No one else is doing it. And I can fight. But I'm not the leader. You're the leader. Unite us. And after the betrayal, like, William goes after all the nobles that betrayed him except for the Bruce. Except for Robert the Bruce. He still, even in the betrayal, believes in Robert. Yeah. So he always believed in him. And so I, I think that his lieutenants, especially Amish and Stephen, probably uh, were the ones who really uh, caught everyone else, stirred everyone else yeah. on board to follow the Bruce in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, yeah, like you said, it didn't really happen that way. But man, I love we we had to skip over so much. Mm-hmm. But we are trying to fit a three hour movie into a forty five minutes, yeah. one hour podcast. But uh, I loved this movie. <coughs> I've seen it probably a hundred times, and I loved it as much this time as I did before. And I got choked up listening to our audio intro of mm-hmm. the, <laughs> the the speech. You think you spent three hundred hours watching Braveheart? That is so much time. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Wow. I don't think I've done it a hundred times, but I have watched it quite a few times. Yeah, no, I mean, there was a, there was a period of time in like high school and, you know, early twenties, uh, where I watched this movie. Uh, like there was a long string where I watched this movie no less than once a week and certain times where I watched it every night going to sleep. Wow. Yeah, that's dedication. To I movie. have a hard time rewatching movies just as it is. <laughs> it's definitely not on a nightly basis. Yeah. I like rewatching <laughs> movies, but I not a hundred times, especially three hour long movies. I don't get me wrong. I know I'm the crazy person in this. Like, I, I don't expect anyone to be like that. But yeah, I've, I've spent a lot okay. of time watching this. Yeah, there's certain movies that I could just keep watching over and over again. Yeah. And How many times do you think you've seen this movie, Scott? I would guess probably in the 20 to 25 range. Yeah, because you guys are like, as you guys have been recounting this movie, there's so many details. And I just watched this earlier this week and I'm still just kind of like, man, I forgot about that. I forgot about <laughs> that. And you guys know this like you wrote it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would <laughs> guess in the 20 to 25 times. Yeah, gotcha. That's a that's a uh, high praise. Thank you for that. Yeah, and it's not like this is the kind of movie where I would be like, why would you ever rewatch this? Like, I understand. It's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably watch it again a few times, but not... Yeah, like in your not life. for a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to have probably like a year or two <laughs> a <buffer break>. zone. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so uh, let's go around and uh, share some of our favorite lines, favorite... Yeah. Uh, favorite uh, scenes. Uh, Jake, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. I think my favorite line was right in the beginning when I talked about, I talked about a little bit earlier when he was talking with his dad about going to fight and then he really just wants to go fight. And his dad says like, and he says, I know you can fight. And then his dad says, yeah, I know you can fight like, but it's our wits that make us men. And it was Mm. just, I don't know. I, I got like, it got me and I feel like it was very much like a probably big, I know probably didn't actually have it was probably a huge moment for movie william wallace yeah for the character (laughs) yeah right then it was one of the last it's probably the last thing his dad ever said to him yeah so do you think that uh do you do you think that you maybe related to that line a little bit too i mean maybe i don't know like because you're an awfully witty guy that was you know you're very smart and thank you I, i i can't say it but i'll let you say it yeah very smart and very uh strategic and 
Yeah. So I just wondered if maybe that was something that you identified with. Like yeah, I like it. It was like, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Kind of clever, fun. Yeah. Zach, what about you? Favorite line, favorite scene? Um, I don't know if I have specifically a favorite scene. I think it's just because there's a lot of really great scenes, but I don't know if I can think of a specific scene that stood out among the rest that felt like the best. I One of my favorite scenes that we didn't talk about at all was when um, Longshanks comes back from wherever he was. I forgot, from mm-hmm. France, I think. <laughs> yeah. And he's talking to his son, and then his son's... Uh, advisor war advisor yeah, yeah keeps piping in and like kind of keeps giving the like little advice or tidbits or whatever and like it's just really irritating long shanks and like as soon as he starts walking towards the window i knew like okay someone's going out the window <laughs> <laughs> i thought it, i thought he was gonna throw his son out because i couldn't remember anything about this movie but as soon as he like put his hand on philip on the war advisor's hand it's just like all right so he's about to throw him out the window <laughs> and then he does and it was just like one of those it was kind of like, wow, that just, I can't believe that just happened. It's but funny. also, I'm really happy it did. Yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, when I was watching this with my girlfriend, she said the same thing. She's, she saw the window, and she's like, somebody's going to go out. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love right after that. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to add to that. I love right after that. He hits the ground right next to two guards, and the two guards look up and just see Longshanks <laughs> looking out the window, and they just scurry away. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That well, and like, then doesn't the son, like, run at, yeah. with, at him at that point, and his dad is just, like, in like a man murder, handles him. In, like, a murderous rage, yeah. musters all of his, uh, all his, of his rage. In an old, dying long shakes. Because <laughs> like, he's been, he's dying the whole movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. His dad and is so just savvy. beats the him. crap out of him. There's a line that he says, like, I won't send my gentle son. The mere sight of him may encourage them to take over the whole country. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. It was such a great burn. That was a great burn. Yeah. Um, that was a great line. Yeah, it was a good line. I, that was one that I wrote down. I think my favorite line was uh, men don't follow titles they follow courage mm. mm-hmm. that was a really good, great line one of my favorite aspects of this movie was the music as well um, I thought great James, soundtrack. Oh, I, I thought it. James Horner just knocked it out it's of the one park. of my favorite soundtracks to just listen to yeah. on Spotify if you like this soundtrack I think you should check out Apollo 13 <laughs> 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 yeah it reminded me a lot of Lord of the Rings score as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um Kind of reminiscent about that. There was another scene that I was trying to remember too that I really liked. Oh, I loved too. Um, because I mean, I did remember from the first time I watched it, William dying at the end. And as I was watching the movie and knowing that scene was coming, I remember thinking like, this sucks. Like there's no, there's no sense of like retribution. Yeah. Like this is terrible. And I had completely forgotten one about the fact that, um, that he impregnates Isabella. Yeah. And then I love the scene where she whispers it into yeah, Longshanks' ears yeah. and he just like can't, he's too sick to even respond. He just coughs. Like he yeah, so much he wants to get up in rage but he can't. Like aspirating on his own <laughs> saliva, you know, and yeah. he's... Well, and the funny thing is like she whispers it and the son's actually in the room and yeah. like he turns like, what did she say to him? Like he is obviously upset right now. Yeah. That's a great scene. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott, what about you? Yeah, there's. I mean, I have so many favorite. <laughs> like, I know. it's hard it's for me. It's so too. hard to just pick one. Um, so I'm gonna list a couple. One is the freedom speech that we listened to at the beginning. Um, the scene that we already talked about at the end, where he yells freedom. I love the Bruce scene where he tells like my hate tells his father my hate dies with you. Um, 
I, I also love that scene. That's one of my favorite scenes too. And so, um, I, and then like, as far as like more comedy stuff, like I love the, the spear scene and I love Steven scene where he's, it's my Island. Like there's just so many different scenes in this movie that just like, I just, I, I love this movie so much. I love so many different scenes. You said this is in your top three, right? I said top five, but it could be top, top three. Five. I, I don't necessarily, it's hard for me to like actually rank a top five, like one through five. Like it's kind of like, here's the five movies in my top five. I can't tell you what order they're in. Right off the bat, what would be the other two <clears throat> in your top three? Um, Life Aquatic. <laughs> and armageddon uh, armageddon yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes sense <clears throat> um, they're all really think, similar movies yeah i think gladiators up there all father issues are you sure you don't have father issues <laughs> everyone has father <laughs> issues everyone does um i Sorry, think Dave. i think gladiators in there and <clears throat> top three i don't know maybe saving private ryan mm. that's a that's top a five choice. for me i probably. love that movie it's a great one yeah, it's it's hard to put them in 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 order, and I I wouldn't even actually probably say a top three. I would say a top five, but yeah. So uh, I would say my favorite uh, my favorite scene is uh, the definitely the the main freedom speech uh, is my favorite scene. It's hard to say like that's a line, um, but uh, my favorite line uh, is. Uh, uh, right around there too. Uh, Emma have to like censor myself, but it's Steven. Uh, oh yeah. He, great. He looks great at scene. Another funny scene. He looks at William and they're like in the midst of this, like this is about to go down. And he <laughs> says, uh, the almighty says he's pretty sure he can get me out of this, but you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're, you're effed. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's, I love that line. That's mm-hmm. probably my favorite line in the movie. Uh, or the, it, we yeah. may have even said that to each other at other times. Too. Oh, we say that a lot. Yeah, yeah. The Almighty, the Almighty says he can get me out of this, but he's pretty sure you're effed. You guys say cusses off mic. We do. Say we cusses do off mic sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, I don't know if I'm comfortable. I just say what the cuss. What the cuss? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, this was, uh, I think, all of us uh, our our favorite movie that we've done so far. So it's time uh, for our fateful. Uh, rotten potatoes scoring. Uh, I've got the uh, I've got the the Mac uh, out. Uh, it's got our patented program to enter in all of our uh, uh, ratings into, and through special proprietary algorithms, we'll come up with a rotten potato score. I don't so, know if that Mac is new enough to handle the algorithm. Well, we'll see. <laughs> it, it, Jake uh, is a coder, and he's just constantly tweaking and updating this algorithm for us. With that, Jake, do you want to go first? Yeah. So why don't I'm you go first? first. I'm going to give it like eight and a half my islands. Uh, <laughs> I forgot that we're doing this. So that's fine. Now I have to you forget every time. Yeah. <laughs> I always think like, oh, the numbers. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it has to be. Zach, we'll have you go next. The numbers are bad. <laughs> uh, I would probably give this an 8.7 dead wives. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give this uh, a 9.6 your f Well, shout out to Murrin. Went the way of River Phoenix. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Scott? Man, I I, I still haven't decided what I want to (laughs) do. There's so much. Just pick anything. 
What was that? You could be. A, you could. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we could throw could swords. Yeah. William, you could do William Wallace's limbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Too, Heads yeah. in the Tower of London. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it nine point four. Um, swords thrown. All right. Uh, so we'll we'll uh, put all this into the computer, tabulate things out, and what do you know? Uh, this got a ninety-one percent on Rotten Potatoes. You know, that's our first. That's our first A grade we've given, and I think it deserves it. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, like this I didn't a, give it to it, but I'm not upset. Movie. So, question for you guys: If you were a part of the Academy that voted on Best Picture, would you have babe. really? I was just going to ask: Would you have given this movie over Babe? No, Babe. It's tough. Sure. Honestly, that'll I, do, pig. I, that'll do. For real, though, so many great lines. <laughs> it would be father tough. issues. I do always kind of mix up Babe and Charlotte's Web, though. Oh, I do too. Actually. Are they not? I thought it was the same story. No, <laughs> no. I don't. I've never seen Babe. Uh, I actually. It's not great. It's not even one that I would put on. <laughs> please don't add it to the list. I actually, for real, would have had very serious trouble. Uh, this in Apollo thirteen. With this in Apollo thirteen. Apollo thirteen I, is a great movie. I'd give it to this one. But Apollo 13 is one of those other ones that I watched way too young and don't remember very much of it. Yeah, I hardly remember Apollo 13 at all. I know I've seen it, but... I don't know if I've ever seen a Tom Hanks movie where I was like, that wasn't great. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he never misses. Mm-hmm. What I'm about sure he's missed Toy Story some. 3? Toy People Story love Toy really Story good. 3. I did not. I think it's the oh, highest on the other guy's rating of the Toy Story. Really? Yeah. Over the first Toy Story? Yeah. All right, well, that's it. We've uh, we this is our longest episode to date, but it fits because it's our longest movie to date. Hopefully, uh, our longest movie. Period. I think Armageddon might have been longer. No, Armageddon was shorter. Armageddon, oh. yeah, yeah Armageddon shorter. just felt longer because it <laughs> okay. felt so there was a lot of fluff. Got it. So uh, next, uh, catch us next week. Uh, next week we're actually doing Jake nominated Dirty Harry. I'm super excited. Yeah, so Thanks we're gonna we we've got Dirty Harry next week. So hey, take some time uh, this over this next week and watch Dirty Harry with us. Uh, so that you can be ready next uh, next Thursday for that. It'll be all of our first times except for Jake. Jake's That's the true. only one first who's time. Dirty Harry. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a lot of a lot of late bloomers, uh, and Jake, I'm sure we'll have OK Bloomer locked and loaded for us. A lot of very late bloomers because this is the oldest movie we have done. Yes, yep. it is. Yeah. So uh, check us next week, Tots. Uh, until then, you can uh, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Uh, at Rotten Potato Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Jake, any final thoughts? No. <laughs>